This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the West Amway podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Amway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. This week we reflect on a win against Anderlecht, our adventures in Brussels, a big win over Fulham and the infighting at West Ham before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Amway. Two wins to speak about this week, the first of which came on Thursday against Anderlecht. There's a lot to talk about with what we saw off the pitch, but let's start with what you saw on the pitch. Give us your thoughts. I think with these European games, mate, you just got to go there and literally get the job done. It's as simple as that. You go to these European fixtures and you get a result and you come home and you hope you don't get any injuries. You hope you don't get any you know, suspensions or anything. You just go in there, get the result and, and get out of there. And that's exactly what we did. I wouldn't have said it was the greatest of performances. You know, it, it, we didn't dominate them. You know, we did create chances. It could have been a lot more comfortable had Ben Rama and... A few others taken some of the chances that we created, and obviously Ariola had to produce a, a world class save. It, it, it could, it should have been more comfortable than it was. But at the end of the day, we went there, we got the three points against what should be the best team in in the group. We've got them again this Thursday. If we don't lose to them, then let's just say let's say we win against them. Then we've won the group with two games to go, which is exactly what we need to do because it gets rid of the playoff game in February, I think. So it takes two fixtures off the list that way. And it also takes two fixtures off the list in this league campaign because we can just play youngsters in that and get them some, some experience because the result is irrelevant. So we went there. Mm. Good goal from Scamacar, who I yeah. really, really, really raised. He's unreal, I'm, isn't he? Yeah, I'm really excited about him. I think he's probably the most excited I've been about a forward at West Ham, bearing in mind we haven't really had an out-and-out forward that wasn't a converted winger for years. Um, we um, He's the most excited I've been about a striker at West Ham since probably Dean Ashton. I'm not going to lie. 
I, you know, I think he's right up there in terms of all-round quality. A player that's ours, unlike, you know, Tevez, looks like he's going to be brilliant and immediately I know I'm stating the obvious but when Sebastian Hilaire came to West Ham within about three or four weeks I could tell he wasn't the right person for West Ham within about three or four weeks I can tell that he Skamaka is the right person for West Ham and I'm extremely excited about his his future with us and yeah got the result job done yeah, I'm with you, mate. I think all West Ham fans are with you with uh, Scamacher. He's he's different class. And do you know what? I know we've we've got off to a bit of a slow start this season, but actually, you look around our typical starting eleven, and it's littered with world class players. I mean, you've got you've got Scamacher, you've got Paqueta, who I think is starting to settle now. He's going to be a massive player for us, I'm sure. Jared Bowen on the fringes of an England call up. He looks like he's getting back to his best. Declan Rice. Best defensive midfielder in the world, in my opinion. Mm. Kurt yeah, Zuma, world-class. Carer's come in, you know, a, a German regular. I think he's world-class. And you've got Naif Aguard, who's supposed to be world-class. Ariola, superb. It's actually such an exciting time. I can't remember the last time I looked at a, a West Ham squad and was this impressed with the list of players we've got. 100% mate. I mean look at the look at the bench um against Fulham uh, yesterday you know you, you had players on there that that actually would get into a lot of the most or most premier league teams you know, Antonio mm. I think I like the fact that he's coming off the bench now yeah. like that. I think that's his most effective position to come on with about you know 25 minutes to go when the defences are tiring. He uses running ability as he showed. I mean, it was a terrible finish. Um, that's literally pin roller. <laughs> it was the most Antonio pin- goal you'll ever see. Yeah, exactly, it? but he scored. So him coming off the bench, Skamaka and Pequeta, um, they've linked up. Right, you know, linked up against Adelaide. They've linked up against um, Fulham, so they're beginning to get an understanding. And Scamacru also talked about it. And but as I say, on the bench, you know, the, the you know Antonio unlucky not to start. Ben Rama unlucky not to start. Flynn Downs very unlucky not to start. You know, and then you've got Bonner, Ben Johnson, Shafal, all regular players that could get into most other teams starting eleven. Ariola, um, and they're not even getting in our team. So it's this very exciting and I think as per West Ham fans are very quick to jump on the back of David Boys and moan and throw their um, toys out the pram at the start of the season but didn't take into consideration that we'd signed nine players the majority of them um, that not from the Premier League and um, and they would need a bit of time to settle now mm. they've had that time to settle look at it and Skamaka's all round play is, is brilliant it, not only is he a great finisher um, I actually think he could have taken a couple of his headers better against Fulham but mm. he's, yeah. a, he's a, a great finisher he's, but he's strong he holds the ball up he's creative he's got pace he's got power mate honestly I'm I'm very excited about Skamaka but it's, take it back to that Adelaide game you know, it wasn't the greatest of performances, but ultimately, when we look back on that game um, in in years to come, who who gives a shit really? We got the result, one nil, job done, and then it enabled us to change nine players for that game, change nine players for the game on Sunday, and win that game as well. And then we've got to be going into the game against Adelaide on Thursday and Southampton on Sunday with almost two different teams, but very confident of winning both. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It's it's about getting the job done. I don't care if I see absolute dross in Europe, to be honest, as long as we get the result. Because if you keep getting the results 
and you keep getting the wins, you'll win the competition. Exactly. And I'm sure we'd, we'd take a trophy and be European champions of the Conference League, but watch a load of shit throughout the whole uh, period. Who cares? So it yeah. is literally all about the result. Um, Flynn Downs, another man of the match performance, I thought, against Anderlecht. He's second mm. in a row um, in this European competition. I agree. Was you quite surprised that he didn't start or was you not surprised because you know how loyal Moisey is to Suchek? Um, in terms of not in, in what I thought would happen, I thought Suchet would start. I, I had no doubts in my mind Suchet would start, particularly as he played well against Wolves the um, the previous week. So I knew that he would start. Whether I think it's the right decision, I did argue that because Suchet played well against Wolves, he should start against Fulham. And so I can't contradict that. But Flynn Downs was brilliant against Adelaide and fair play to him. You know, I think, I honestly believe Connor Coventry could have the same impact, but he he didn't in the chance that he had, and Flynn Downs has in the chance that he's had. So mm. you can't knock it. Flynn Downs has stood out really well in the two games that um he's played, and and he is now knocking on the door to replace Suchek. I mean, based upon the Andlet performance and the cameo he had yesterday, um compared to Suchek's performance against Fulham, I would say that. If anything, Downs now needs to replace Suchek because I think he's been, as you said, man of the match in the two games he started. So, yeah, I, 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 was, I wasn't surprised in the sense that I can read Moyes like a book, like most of us can. Um, but in terms of what I would have done, probably would have kept Suchek. But now, now there's a very strong case for, for Downs replacing Suchek in the starting eleven. Yeah. And we've said it so many times at this level, it's about taking your opportunities. It's yeah, stating the exactly. obvious, but it really is. And, yeah. you know, Connor didn't, like you say, and, and Flynn has. So now yeah. he is above him in the pecking order and knocking yeah. on that door. And uh, what better, especially in the light of, of losing Mark Noble, to have a West Ham boy, young, hungry, determined, grafter, coming through the, the, the ranks, knocking on the door now. I think it's, again, something else is exciting with Flynn. Um, yeah. A great lad as well, uh, by all accounts. I think that comes across in his interviews. But... Um, Mate, we have to talk about our pre-match experience because it was fucking mental, wasn't it? Well, it was. I mean, the whole of Belgium was a strange experience, even just before the game, because obviously we rocked up on... Um was it Wednesday morning? And our first experiences were getting out of the, the station. Now, I deliberately booked us a hotel next to the station, which really, I guess, I should have given a bit more thought to because, like, stereotypically, when you do that, you aren't guaranteed the greatest of hotels, and that was a bit of an understatement. The hotel itself was fine, but the area that it was in... You know, no disrespect to some of these countries, but we may as well have gone to Iraq or somewhere like that. Yeah, like, yeah, it's true. It was, it was like a, it was like a different country. It was, you know, like you say, East Ham's a bit different. It was a more extreme version of that. It was just very, very different to what I was expecting. And then, and then we walked down the road. You know, within our first day of being there, we saw a fight on the street, didn't we? Within um, yeah. the first time we set out, and then we walked down the road about ten minutes, and you get into the centre of Brussels. It's actually really lovely. Then we had a couple of really nice meals, saw some nice sights, did do a bus tour because I know everyone is eager to know about these bus tours. But um, <laughs> yeah, not not in terms of bus tour rankings, not the greatest. But it was a really nice, you know, a really nice town centre. So a bit of a contrast between where we were. And where and and the city itself, but then obviously the game. Geez, what a what a pre-match and post-match experience that was. Um, still still shaking now. I think, mate, it, it was unreal. <laughs> it was unreal. And and do you know what? 
there was a bit of naivety on our part, yes, right? Because yeah. um, because in Europe, all the games that we've been to, it's always kicked off. So, yeah. I mean, you, you look at Seville, no problems with the Seville fans whatsoever, but then there was the incident where Frankfurt fans um, stormed the O'Neill's pub and it all kicked off there and it was carnage. Um, then there was the same in Leon, and they were aiming fireworks at the hotel where people were having their drinks. Um, then again, back in Frankfurt, you know, there, there were there were fans looking to pick off ones and twos of West Ham fans, some of which got really badly hurt. Um Denmark was different, lovely people there, no issues whatsoever. But then we go to Anderlecht, and I don't know if subconsciously off the back of Denmark, we kind of pushed the potential of any crowd trouble to the back of our mind. But West Ham put on transport links for West Ham fans, and we didn't take that. We got a cab, right? So we got dropped off in Anderlecht. We're not wearing any colours, so we're in casual clothing. We get dropped off at the stadium, and we've been basically put right in the middle of what would be their fan zone. So it's a sea of Anderlecht fans all with their Anderlecht shirts on. And I remember saying to you, um, this has got a really nice feeling about it, Anderlecht. <laughs> it's, it's very similar to very similar to Denmark, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It's got a nice feel. And we were going to do a burger review as well. Thank fuck we did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even that. Oh, I mean, to the listener, when you know what's coming, fucking yeah. hell, you're right, Nick. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're walking and talking and we've realised that we've got to carry on walking down the street, which basically surrounds the stadium to go all the way round to get to the away end, right? So so we're doing it completely oblivious and we're walking along, we're chatting and we're now in a different sea of Frankfurt fans. I didn't, I don't remember seeing too many Anderlecht shirts. It was more casual clothing. And we're yeah. walking along, walking along, pretty much shoulder to shoulder with everyone at this point. And I remember I see this geezer he must have been about 30 yards away and he's walking along with his knob out, right? His knob is just, he's hanging out, right? And he's hes pissing on the floor in front of him. So I've nudged X and said, X, fucking hell, look at this guy. He's got his knob out. Look, he's walking along with his core out. And with that, right, geezer in front of us has turned around and he said, are you English? In his Belgian accent. I said, yeah. He said, are you West Ham? I said, yeah. He said, quick quick come with me now come with me now he's turned around we're both thinking what the fuck i've no well, idea. i argued it didn't i i was like no yes. mate because in my head i thought he was a, a hooligan that was gonna drag us say right come with me drag us to some fucking street corner and then we'd have the shit beating out of us so we stood there arguing i was like no mate yeah fuck off well, yeah, but, come but, but, but the difference is i saw his armband Right, yeah. I don't think you saw that straight no, away. I didn't, no, so I, didn't. I could tell that he was some sort of authority. Well, it turned out he was undercover old Bill, right? And he's gone into a blind panic. He's almost shitting himself for us. But because this happened so quickly, we were still a bit shell-shocked with it. And he's saying, come quick now, quick now. We've no time for questions. Quick, come now. So fucking hell, we're walking along. And as I've looked up, there's one Anderlecht fan, another skinhead, that is frothing at the mouth to get to me and X, right? Mm. I've then double took to me left. There's another one. And then there's another one. And then there's another one. Because whilst this copper is trying to protect us in doing so, he has let everyone know that we are West Ham fans. So it's like a, a pack of hyenas that are starting to surround us now. So he's now running with us, right? He's got, got my arm. I'm next to you. And we're going towards the gate. And he said, right, you've got to run. Run now. Sprint. Sprint to that gate, which takes you into the car park. And we're thinking, fuck this for a game of soldiers, right? So I've looked behind me at one point, And no word of a lie, there was easily, if not more, 50 Anderlecht fans 
sprinting after us, sprinting after <laughs> I'm us. I'm right? so glad I didn't see this. I didn't turn around. I just ran. Yeah, <laughs> half, yeah, yeah. half expected to be smacked around the head at any point, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I just, I just, yeah. I just ran. <laughs> yeah, and we got to the gate, right? And I'm not joking. I'm not. I'm not trying to make this more cinematic than it was. We've got to the gate. We've literally gone in there where. Uh, some sort of intellectual authority is holding it open. He's rammed it shut. He's not a fucking scene from The Walking Dead, honestly. You've never seen anything like it. We've got into the car park, and I've said to him, oh, fuck me, mate. That was a close call, wasn't it? He said, close call. He said, you see that room over there? I said, yeah. He said, there's currently five unconscious people in there because they wasn't as lucky as you were. They made the same mistake. And we looked at each other, didn't we? As it was say, fuck mm. me. We'd have been that absolutely fucked because, like, oh, mate, we'd have been uh, annihilated if they'd gone. Yeah, because, the, like I say, you—I mean, I didn't see how many there was. I saw, I saw the two that were right next to us, but I didn't see the ones behind us. But if your um, estimation of how many there was is true, two of us against um, fifty of them, you know, like touch wood, I've never had the shit kicked out of me, so I don't even know how my body, with the various health conditions I have, would have coped with it, and so. Yeah. You know, I thank God for that guy. And actually, I'm really tempted to see, like, because generally the police, the police, these things like that, like West Ham police, for example, go over with West Ham. So if that guy comes over with Adelect on Thursday, I'm very tempted to try and go and find him and literally just say, thank you, mate. Like, thank you. Because generally, without him, I think we'd both either not be here now or certainly be in hospital still in Belgium. Well, I tell you what, on reflection, we were so unbelievably lucky because it's almost like the stars aligned and someone was looking out for us, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah. so dramatic because if he wouldn't have been there, because we were so fucking dopey walking along talking in our accents, someone would have heard us because it was the mob. We, we was in the Frankfurt firm. We was in the middle of them. Yeah, and someone would have firm. heard us and uh, and, and that would have been it. They'd have got hold of us. Yeah. So. I mean, whilst he alerted everyone to us, because these people obviously know what his job is, um, with seconds to spare, we, we got away with one now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just an incredible experience. And I'm sure that no one listening to this is <laughs> naive as we were on yeah, Thursday. But... Well, don't. I mean, if you're going to Bucharest, um, for the for the, remain, the, the remaining fixture away, yeah. then uh, my advice, honestly, and I'm making sure that Dave and I follow this, um, is that we are going in that convoy of West Ham fans because, my God, seriously, we were we were literally minutes, not even minutes, seconds away from... Oh, well, it was seconds, mate. Absolute pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. The, although you say it would be safe for West Ham fans, you then get to the scenes after the game. Well, so I'm going to get to that, right? Okay. But it's important to put the message out. Yes. Um, but honestly, if you go to these European games, learn from our mistakes, right? Stick to big numbers and use whatever routes and transport links you're told to use, because otherwise you could find yourself in a lot of trouble. So and sadly, make sure you know where the West Ham fans are meant to be, because our problem was is that we turned up and we were on one corner of the stadium, and I didn't, I knew what block we were meant to be in, but I didn't know, you know, whether that was to go left or to go right. What was the easiest way? So we literally took a guess and we went right. If we'd gone left, we probably would have been okay because we'd have been walking away from the mob and towards West Ham. But because we went right, we would literally walk to the mob. So yeah, the two, there would be go as you said in groups with West Ham fans and know where you're meant to be going when you get there. That said, I do think there should have been more police scattered around, really. Well, there were loads in the car park that. doing fuck all, yeah, which, exactly. which no coincidence was the VIP area. Because what I learned after the game, right, and I don't know if I told you this, because someone... No, you did, you did. Die. So, yeah. Anderlecht are having a bit of a shit time at the moment. I think they're 10th in the league. 
and their fans are fuming, right? So it's got to a point where actually, apparently, the mob weren't necessarily out looking for West Ham. They were actually trying to get to their president and cause murders with him. So that explains why there was so much police in the car park rather than the streets. But obviously, the VIPs... (laughs) And as stupid as we were, was walking right through the fucking middle of them. But, um, you know, sadly, the reality is football violence does exist, always has done and probably always will. You just have to accept it. But what we shouldn't have to accept, and this brings me to my other point, is the infighting amongst West Ham fans that we're seeing more and more these days. And we wanted to use this platform to address it because it's almost a bit of a taboo subject that no one's really talking about it. But they should be, because it's fucking disgraceful. Disgraceful and embarrassing. I mean, X, I don't really know where to start. What was your experience through your eyes, from your perspective? Well, exactly as you've just described it. I mean, first of all, West Ham fans are being led out of the corporate area to join the queue of, like, normal West Ham fans, so to speak, that are in the stadium. So we're with the normal West Ham fans, and the corporate fans are being walked out towards us. And you can clearly tell they're West Ham fans. A, because they were singing Bubbles, B, because they were in Claret and Blue, and there was a little bit of banter, because West Ham, the group we were in, some back, who, the effing hell are you? And then they say it back to us. Clearly West Ham fans. But there was about four or five people from our group that were trying to throw punches at them, were like trying to get at them, and everyone's going, they're West Ham, they're West Ham, they're West Ham. And, and these people are so off their face that they just see, like, fights. They're in fight mode, and it doesn't matter who it is, really. And they were trying to get their own. And then we get to the stadium, and it, and I see one guy push another guy, another guy push another guy, and then all within about a minute, you got about fucking fifty people beating the shit out of each other in various groups. It was it was awful, mate. That's my way of describing it. Awful. And I spoke to a couple of West Ham fans that I was kind of in the group that I was in, and we, they were just like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, I don't want to go to West Ham away if this is what it is. Well, I mean, mate, it was carnage, absolute mm-hmm. carnage. And uh, the next morning when we were going home on the Eurostar, we met these two fans. I don't think it's fair to name them. No, don't um, name but them. It, uh... No, but it was a dad and a son, right? Two of the loveliest people you could ever speak to, by the way. Genuine West Ham fans, genuine. And um, the dad had a split lip. And he went on to tell us a story of how he came out of corporate with his son next to him, right? <laughs> As if this weren't shocking enough, with his son next to him, probably mid-20s maybe, the son. And uh, out of nowhere, literally nowhere, this West Ham fans run up to him and clumped him and split his lip. There's, there's, there's Clara everywhere. And uh, he's shell-shocked by it. So much so, and I don't blame him for this, by the way. When he went to the station a little while later, he saw the geezer that did it. So he clumped him back. And at that and the possibly... geezer wouldn't apologise either. I right. mean, it was the fact that geezer right. wouldn't apologise. And he was like, what, you know, you hit me for no reason. The guy was like, so what? So then I think, obviously, his reaction, as well as what he'd done, caused and, him And there you go. Back. So he's telling us the story, right? And at the end of the story, and um, it kind of alludes to what you were saying, X, at the end of the story, he says, you know what, mate? And he looked so deflated. He looked so disappointed in West Ham. You could see it in his eyes. And he, he said he said to us, do you know what? I've been following West Ham home and away for 40 years now. I'm done with them now. He said, it gets to a point where your own people are fighting with you and each other. He said, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going anymore. And that was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever I've ever uh, heard a West Ham fan say. It was just the the craziest fucking night. I mean, at one point, this West Ham fan with Down syndrome is coming with a flying headbutt. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the plot twist. It was yeah. his brother that he, he nutted, right? But in his defence, with all the excitement that's going on around him, emotionally, I don't think he could control how he was feeling. So that's how he reacted. And that leads me to talk about the wider problem, right? It's a domino effect for the next generation of fans as well. And we spoke about this, X. My daughter is obsessed with West Ham, as I know yours is. Mm. She's constantly on at me. Dad, can we go to a game? And I do take her to games, but she wants to go to every single game. She loves West Ham. If if my fucking daughter would have seen what we saw on Thursday, mm. she'd never want to go to West Ham, ever. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. Her love would be squashed, and she'd mm. probably even go off a of football. So these fucking absolute wrong that are causing this sort of trouble. If you are one of these people that are more than happy to cause trouble with your own people, then I'm sure I'll speak for the majority when I say you ain't welcome or wanted with proper West Ham fans because you ain't one of us and doing the problem this to your is, own people. 100%, mate. There's some re- like... repeat offenders as well, by the sounds oh, of it. And oh, again, yeah, I don't definitely. know if people don't talk about it because they're scared of what these people might do if they get old a bit. But do you know what? They should be ostracised from West Ham, and, and I'm not comparing the severity, by the way, but ostracised in the same way racism would be, in the sense that if you see someone say something racist, you'd like to think that everyone else in the terraces would get him by the scruff of the neck and throw him out and tell him he ain't welcome at West Ham anymore. The same thing should be applied to these fucking wrongers that are, are going to West Ham and, and they can't handle their beer and their gear, and uh, and it just sends them wonky, and it is well, out that's... of order, because, because this ain't the first time, X, is it? No, exactly. And I think that's the key point that you've just said just then um, about the gear and the beer and sending them wonky. The problem is, and we all do it, you know, I, I, to add to the sort of the, to, to the context of it, we, Dave and I went out to what's that bar called Del- Delirium? Is that what his name yeah. was? Yeah. We uh, went out uh, to, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We went out to that on the first night. So the game, the day before the game, and we had so many beers and I'm not a massive drinker anymore. So that I threw up all of the night. I then decided I was going to clean my bathroom where I'd thrown up in by getting the hose pipe and spraying it all around the room to clean it up, thus creating a mini tsunami in my own hotel that I had to then, that I had to then, then deal with by putting loads of towels down, to, which then meant I had no towels for the rest of the, the trip. But anyway, we all get drunk. We all have too much. We all get out of control. But if you, well, I never get aggressive with alcohol. If anything, I go the other way and I become too like really affectionate and stuff and almost too chilled out um in the in the in the sense that i wouldn't be aware that there was something like dangerous around me in that respect but i am i know that that's what happens to me if you're one of these people that knows that when you do drink a lot or particularly particularly when you do gear which let's be honest a large majority of west ham well Last year, it's probably an overstatement. A significant proportion. There's a West massive Ham drug culture at West Ham. Yeah. We should identify that and just be honest. There is a yeah. massive drug culture with West Ham away. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been on the terraces and, and I've seen fellas fucking shoving it up their nose next to me. No yeah. awareness of the cameras or the fucking stewards or nothing like that. Yeah. There's a massive drug culture problem at West yeah. Ham. And I think and- that is at the root cause of this. A hundred percent. And look, if you want to do that sort of thing, then that's your choice. But if you know that it makes you go, that mental that you're going to start fighting anyone but particularly your own just for literally doing nothing then my my advice would be don't do it because ultimately you're a prick for fighting with your own fans but if you want to put it from a selfish perspective you're going to end up getting either yourself hurt or arrested one of the two eventually so there's no there's absolutely 
no point in it and it, it saddens me that I, like you said I, there's no way I could take any of my kids to a West Ham away game in Europe no way mm. because I then saw fighting when we got back into Brussels between West Ham fans and when we were in Denmark I saw fighting on the terraces in Denmark yeah. you know what, what, the, what the fuck is going on you know yeah. we're West yeah. Ham we're one team we're one family why are people starting on each other if anything we should be being like looking out for each other and being exactly. kind to each other and not stuff. hurting each other we're supposed to look after each other exactly not beating the shit out of each other Dave and I experienced how close it could be that you get the shit kicked out of you by the opposition you don't want to then have to fucking worry that you might get it from your own bloody side you know it's, it's, it's pathetic and really really disappointing I don't remember ever seeing this when I was growing up as a kid nah, never. Time, I remember seeing violence between West Ham fans and other sets of supporters 100% Obviously, West Ham are famed for having the ICF and having a, a, a you know a respected hooligan firm, but never once did they fight with each other. And I've actually spoke to two prominent members of the ICF since we've been back, and I've explained you know what I saw happen, and they were absolutely appalled. They're like, "What the fuck, fighting with their own?" And they were like, and, yeah. it, "And it's almost a shame that they weren't there because they'd be able to sort of grab these idiots and yeah. say, what the hell are you doing?'" But mm. Um, mm. I don't know. It's just sad, you know. So I've seen people walking around so off their face um, on this stuff that they um, that they don't they can't even talk properly, so let alone watch the game. So uh, you know, mm. and then fighting each other. It's just sad, and I. As much as I love going to Belgium and I love and I love these away days, I love experiencing cities and you know having the whole experience that A I've never really had as a West Ham fan and B I love travelling, so it's great to see these places. It, if I had known what I would see and experience all like from getting to the football match and afterwards, I don't think I would have bothered going if I'd known that. Um, and it has put a bit of a element of doubt in my mind wanting to go to Romania now and, and that's a shame because I think there's a lot of West Ham fans that will be feeling the same way mm, I know mate it's very sad and to echo what you're saying you're right me growing up as a kid and as a season ticket holder I never saw it never saw any trouble between West Ham fans there was so much unity it was oozing out of everyone's paws in those days in fact uh, do you know what I've had a flashback I remember I was in the Bobby Moore lower and I, I'm telling you, this is true. I was in the Bobby Moore lower and two fans started arguing with each other verbally, not physically, right? And the second they started arguing with each other, there was a real feeling of, of um, awkwardness. Like it was it was just, it, it shouldn't be happening. Now, there was only having a bit of verbal. I don't know if one spilled a drink over the other one and it wasn't overly aggressive. But within seconds, there was two or three West Ham fans saying, oh, fucking turn it in, lads. You know what I mean? And that was it. And they stopped their argument. That was it. That's the worst I've ever seen it. That experience in the Bob Moore Lower. And it was something and nothing. And you look how bad it's come now from those days to what we witnessed on Thursday. It was unbelievable. But it's just in general, X. I mean, if certain fans ain't causing fights with their own, they're nicking each other's seats on away days. Some fans want to kill each other on social media. What the fuck is going on? Seriously. Mm. And it is not a bit of a taboo subject. Not many people want to address it or talk about it. But it's here. It is here and it does exist. And yeah. I think it's just so sad. And you, you go back to the, the fellow we was talking about at the train station where you could see the, the disappointment in his eyes. And he said, I, c I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done with it, with West Ham. Yeah. And this is what these people are doing. Stopping us from taking our kids 
to games because I wouldn't want my kid and you wouldn't want your kids seeing what we saw. And and people that have been there and done it twice the age of these dickheads, uh, who's calling it a day because he's like, I'm I'm done with it now. It's just so sad. It, it really, that. it really, it really, really is, and and, and it's just what what's so frustrating about it as well is that they don't seem to have any remorse about it. You know, if it was me and I'd, I don't know, I would never do this, but let's just say I had caused a, a fight between West Ham fans. I'd wake up the next day and think, oh my god, what have I done? But these people seem to almost take take pride in it. And whilst these fights were going on at the station, there was people that had their um, mobile phones out and were filming it. And in fairness. A couple of the like more old school, shall we say, went up to them and said, "Put your phone away. What are you doing? Filming it. Put your phones away. Um, it's embarrassing because they're, they're right. If that footage, if that footage had got out on social media of West Ham fans fighting mm. how they were, and that had been sent round, you know, Twitter or wherever, and opposition fans saw that." As as the couples, as the the father and son that we met in the um, at the train station said, you know that's why we get these nicknames that we get about being, you know, I don't like to use the words; it's not a great term, but you know why we get known as being West Ham fans being a certain way because if they see footage of us fighting with each other, what the hell does that send out? It's embarrassing. If I saw mm. a video of Chelsea fans or Tottenham fans or whatever it may be beating the shit out of each other on a train station after their team have won as well, let's just emphasise the fact that sh- we'd won and it should have been a great experience because we've just got a good result in Europe. If I saw them doing that, I'd be like, oh my God, look at those mugs. I would think yeah. they were absolute idiots. And the fact mm. of the matter is, we've got that in our own fan group and, you know, so I just, I just hope that it, it, these people will be able to get a grip of themselves soon, or someone gets a grip with them because it's not right. West Ham is famed for being West Ham family, looking out for each other, supporting our own. We've always, as a fan group and as a historical community, had the odds stacked against us, and we've rose together and always stayed united. Hence the name. But it's, it's now becoming where we're not, and it's got to stop. It really has. Mm, these people are a cancer, mate. Honestly, they're a cancer to this football club. They need cutting out. And I, I just hope that between us, the good people, the proper people at West Ham, we can nip this in the bud if we see troublemakers over there. Because it's it's a real problem. And look, we're not talking about an isolated incident. This is, you know, from going back to when I saw one slight verbal argument for all my years as a season ticket holder, to what we saw on Thursday... It's it's just got out of hand, especially cocaine. I mean, that, let's have it right. I mean, it, that is the that is the problem. People are doing so much of it that they they're just it's just making them overly aggressive. They want to have a punch up with someone, and if they can't get hold of any away fans, they'll turn to their own. And it, it definitely definitely needs uh, addressing. And, and hopefully, as a group, if we see people like that that want to have a row, then they've got they've got I don't know they've got to be thrown out and told that they're not welcome anymore, or the club have got to do something about it because it's. It's um it's not good at all, but I thought it was important that we was honest about it and we raised mm. awareness of it because things like that shouldn't be uh, swept under the carpet and certain people shouldn't be protected because I think they're a fucking disgrace and it is embarrassing. You're right, absolutely embarrassing. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, but, you know, don't want to take away from the fact that this podcast is on the back of two wins. Yeah. Um, so I don't want it to be overly negative. So let's inject some positivity into this now. Yeah. Um, and we did get a much needed win against Fulham. Now, I know we've touched on it in areas, but generally speaking, X, what did you think of the performance? Um, again, it wasn't the most convincing of results. You know, we started slowly, obviously with a goal behind, um, and at times, Fulham, certainly at the start of the game, looked the better team. And then, the, I, I think it was Pereira, was it, that made that decision where he was just going to keep fouling Dawson until they basically gave us a penalty? <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, obviously, no, I don't. If, if I'm their manager, if I'm Marco Silva, I'm getting him in the next day or straight after the game. And I'm saying, listen, mate, what the fuck were you thinking? The ref's already pulled you up two or three times for fouling him before they've even taken the corner. He's looking at you and he goes and fouls him again. So stupidity on their behalf, obviously enabled Bowen to get us back in the game. And then I thought we started to play a lot better. And I thought we started second half, we created a lot more um, opportunities and started to play as the team that we expected us to do against Fulham. As I said, I mean, Skawaka is brilliant, brilliant player. I'm, I'm so impressed with him. Um, and obviously he took his goal um, superbly. There was obviously question marks about it being offside and few, and then whether it was a handball. But at the end of the day, that it, the VAR ruled in our favour for once, and it was a, a great goal. And then Antonio came on in what I see now as his most effective role for, for us: start Skamaka, yeah, and then bring Antonio on with 25 minutes to go and let him run at them. And he did exactly that: ran at them. But I mean, to be fair, he everyone's talking about whether he handballed it. He had bought it because their defender completely took him out and it would have been a red card if he hadn't gone if he didn't stand on his feet went through pace and power and then kicked it literally along the ground straight at the keeper one of the worst finishes ever but then somehow typically <laughs> in Antonio fashion it bumbled <laughs> around and then he had an open goal pretty much to put it into so yeah. you know I, I I enjoyed that result um, I was sat right next to the Fulham fans for this one um, and um, they were giving it to West Ham fans it's all it's nice to obviously finish the game with them walking out on when they did and I think it was a comfortable performance. I think there's players there that are really starting to gel. Like I said, Skamaka, um, Paqueta, um, 
<coughs> Kerra as well. And I think the team is really, really getting better and better and better to the point now where I go into the, the games expecting us to beat Anderlecht, expecting us to beat Southampton. Liverpool are off form. We've got them coming up soon. We've got Bournemouth after that. And we've got Manchester United and Leicester, I think, as well. And we have a few, maybe a couple of other teams thrown in. I think our fixtures are looking quite promising to the point now where I would hope that come come the um, World Cup, uh, I think we could be in a really strong position both in the league and still in the next stages of both Cups. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, you'd like to think that we'd be comfortably inside the top 10 come the World Cup, wouldn't you? I don't think that's unrealistic to say that. No, no, no. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's great. When we've got players that that we, we just love and admire now. You know, like I say, Skamaka is just different class. He's versatile in terms of his play, can score inside and out of the box, good in the air, great link-up play. I'm struggling to find any weaknesses in his game, if I'm honest. That's right. how much I rate him. Um, one hell of a signing. Um, and I do sometimes look at these players with the greatest of respect to the club I love and wonder how we were the ones that got them. I mean, you look at Paqueta again, he's well-established when he came to West Ham, and uh, he looks like he's settling now, and it's it's an exciting time. Slow start to the season, but there's every chance we could have a very good season, and uh, it's exciting, without a doubt. The Patreons gave Man of the Match to uh, Scamsey, my mate Scamsey, with uh, 61% of the vote, followed by Paqueta with 16%, and Craig Dawson, uh, Ballon Dawson, with uh, 14%. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think could have um, been knocking on the door for the top three as well. I thought he was brilliant as per. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but it's definitely for me, Scamacca was the best player. Definitely, I just yeah. I think he's just class, and you know, I think I think he he is just going to get better and better when he adjusts fully to the league. And you know, he's only twenty three as well. I think and, that's madness. You know, yeah, it's, it's crazy, and you think like he. It's an established Italian international. You know, Paris Saint-Germain wants to sign him and we managed to beat them to him. And I just think, yeah, really, really, really good. I still think there's more to come from um, Pequeta. I still think there's more. I like, you know, yeah, yeah. Br- yeah. Brazilian international. I think he's delivering. I think there is more to come from him. And Dawson, Dawson has to start for West Ham. I, I think we're such a better team with him in because not only because he's a great defender and he showed his class a couple of times um, during the game against Fulham. But he's also a leader. He's a leader. He gets, you know, he's a stranger from attacking set plays as well, as we've seen with the penalty. Um, he, he's really, really beginning to, you know, like establish himself as an absolute West Ham cult hero if he's not already there as it is. Um, and what is also promising from that fixture is that Bowen, in particular, who I thought, you know, has had a bit of a slow start to the season. He's beginning to really impact games now as well. So we're getting, we're getting a very, very competent 11 now. Uh, the only, there's a bit of a question mark over, oh, one player as well, which I think we haven't spoke about, who I also thought played well, who's had a lot of stick recently is Cresswell. Yeah, 100%. I thought, 100%. I thought Cresswell did really well. Um, he, I thought he defended well. As a couple he doesn't of get enough praise when things are going no. right either. I feel a bit sorry for him because people are quick to jump on him when he hasn't had the best of games you know what I mean? 100 percent, and i would say actually i would have probably put him as runner-up as um man of the match um in in that poll because i thought he defended a couple of times defended brilliantly he was very solid on his flank got down the wing a couple of times and created opportunities so i think Cresswell had a good game and um you know it's it's just good the the quality of subs that we have that we can bring on you know he brought on antonio um we don't need to talk about how 
good a, a person that is to, to to bring on. You know, he brought on Emerson, an Italian international. You know, it, I can't even remember who. Oh, Downs. Downs, a player that's been um, completely on form for us. You know, that's not to mention the fact that Aguirre didn't play, Cornet didn't play, um, you know, Lanzini didn't play, although I think he is on his way out now. Shafal didn't, Ben Johnson, Ariola. You know, it's such a such a different it makes now to have that squad depth you know when Cornet gets injured you don't think oh gosh what now even when Skamaki gets injured you think, well we've got Antonio and vice versa you know it's nice to have that squad depth I don't think we've ever had this much squad depth in my years of supporting West Ham mm, and credit to the owners as well for, for the investment and yeah. um, backing David Moyes as well which is something I agree with well, it's Anderlecht on Thursday, followed by Southampton in the Premier League on Sunday. So let's find out a little bit more about the Saints. Southampton are one of the founding members of the Premier League and have spent the majority of their history in the top flight since their first promotion to it in 1966. Their longest continuous period was for 27 seasons between 1978 and 2006. Their home ground since 2001 has been the St Mary's Stadium, prior to which they were based at the Dell. The club has been nicknamed the Saints since they started in 1885 due to its history as a church football team. They founded the St Mary's Church of England Young Men's Association. Their religious roots are also reflected in their badge. Southampton are also famous for their long-standing rivalry with Portsmouth, due in part to geographic proximity and both cities' respective maritime histories. Matches between the two clubs are known as the South Coast Derby. Nobody has scored more goals for the Saints than Mick Channon with 228, and nobody has played more games than Terry Payne with 815. They have never won the top flight, but did win the FA Cup the year after we did in 75. They've also been runners-up on three occasions and runners-up in the League Cup twice. Famous fans include Craig David, Rishi Sunak, Chris Packham, the drummer from Coldplay, and Lucy Pinder. Oi, oi. Mate, my heart was aching for you this week. It wasn't, but just for the sake of drama, I'll say that it was. Because for a brief period, for the first time in nine weeks, you had overtaken me in the West Ham Way Premier League predictions competition. But after two correct predictions from me on Sunday, I'm back on top again with a points difference of 71. Mate, you must be a little bit gutted about that to be so close and yet so far. I just can't beat the luck. I can't. <laughs> Why is it whenever I correctly predict a score, it's luck? And whenever you do, it's like skilled um, predictions. Because last week, I knew that you were going to go 2-0 Wolves. So I deliberately, yeah. just to be different, went 3-1 Wolves. So and obviously it backfired and you got massive points. Had I chose to do that this way round, I'd have got three one. I would have got it right, but I didn't. I did it for the one before, not this one. And then you said the Liverpool game, you had it as a draw, and then you changed it last minute to an Arsenal win. Yeah, an Arsenal a great won. tactical um, now that by the way. That was strategic. Um, and then um Oh, I don't know, I give up trying to remember it now, to be honest with you. Like, my, my main thing now is not to beat you, but it's to collectively beat Brawley and Nick um, from the, the West Ham way USA. I think it's just like, you know, it's like you're not going to beat the greatest power on a game. So I've given up. So as long as I take, as long as I don't lose to them, then then it's all okay. I'm not going to let this game spoil my weekends. West Ham, West Ham won. The Giants won. And that's all that matters. So I'm just going to focus on that. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, mate. And uh, Matt Powell currently tops the table overall, followed by Wayne Bow one um, in second. Then a, B. Helberg in third, I think that says. Uh, Matt Spires in fourth and Stinger 375 in fifth. So uh, 
it's exciting. And I think, you know, I, I, this needs checking. I'm sure the lads will tell me otherwise. I think, I think I'm above Brawley and Nick. I don't know if you are. You might be as well. I'm not sure. We but need to check they're it out. If we're not, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how they because apparently they gave us a lot of stick on the, well, probably me, but <laughs> they gave me a lot of stick on the last show <laughs> about being above us. And I don't know. I don't know how. We probably need to ask um, Cairo, the guy that makes the game, probably need to ask him if he can put us in in a league um, so that we can just see it, really, because I don't, I, don't, yes. I don't know where we sit. So apparently I'm 169th. So if I skin that skin skim through, um, why can't I get onto the second page? Oh, oh yeah, there. if I skim through the pages, we should be able to like find each other um, eventually. But I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I know what, um, what names they've put themselves as. So, Mm. Well, we've got to we've got to beat the boys from across the pond. That is the bottom line, and we will be doing that. So uh, there's the fighting spirit, and it's a job, yeah. not a sprint. So uh, um, let's see what happens at the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Well, right. there you go. I found it. You are you are ahead of Brawley. It's close. Hey, you are. You've got you've got seven hundred. Drink it in, Brawley son. Drink it in. You've got seven hundred and fifty-two, and he's got seven hundred and thirty-seven. Right. Now, I don't know. Let's just go to the next page because. Me and Nick so far haven't came up. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I'm guessing that's Nick there. So he, Nicky Stamps, that would make sense to be him. So he's got 694 and I've got 668. Oh, so actually... You're I'm letting not, the side down I at think, the moment, I mate. I don't put pressure I'm, on, but... Yeah, I think I am actually putting us below those two now. It's very close, nonetheless. But, uh, yeah, yeah let's... What, uh, we'll do uh, is, what we'll do is... What we'll do is Regardless if I finish top or you finish top, we'll add the collective points up with me and you versus their collective points. Yes, and the, the yeah. biggest collection wins overall. And yeah. uh, I think there should be a forfeit or something. So, yeah, let's yeah. uh, add some more spice to the competition. Yeah. This show is brought to you by Green King, your home of pub sport. With over 900 sports pubs around the country, Green King is where the fans go, showing every broadcasted game for West Ham. Head down to your nearest pub and you can enjoy every live sporting event from BT and Sky Sports on tap. If you download the Green King season ticket app, you can receive a free drink when you register and 10% off a great range of drinks before, during and after any match. So head to the app store and search season ticket to download the app. When registering, if you use the promotional code WESTAMWAY, which is all one word in capital letters, you'll get an additional £5 off when you spend £15 on drinks. Green King, it's where the fans go. Your home of pub sport. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.